What's up, everybody? Welcome to our podcast, Couldn't Make This Up If I Tried. I'm La Chancla. And this is Yesi. We are two first-gen Latinas. Chismeando about mental health and wellness. Keeping it lighthearted while, while keeping, keeping it real. On today's episode, we catch up. Since we last recorded, we took some time to rest, finish up some work, and have been doing what we can to take part in the ongoing revolution. We definitely don't touch on all the topics, but we will continue to stay informed. Hi! Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, it feels good to be finally back. It does. (laughs) I feel like we have been trying for a couple of times, but you know, life happens. And I hope that you guys didn't miss us too much. (laughs) We miss recording. um, And uh, we're so happy and so glad to be back. I felt like I forgot how to do this. I feel a little (laughs) awkward. (laughs) Okay, it'll all come back, like flooding again. All the memories will come back. I know. Well, since so we were supposed to record, actually, I think it was right before... When was it? Right before June with our special guest who will still um, have come back on. But then I had I had family in town. So since we last recorded, first of all, I want to let me back up. Rewind. <laughs> I want to say thank you to everybody that reached out to Yessi and I about the episode that we recorded before the one titled um, We're Not Crying, You're Crying. <laughs> because we actually got really sweet messages from a bunch of friends you know just kind of giving feedback about like oh my god like I I should do this I should write a letter to myself and you totally should everybody should um Mm -hmm. I even went back and listened to the episode from the getting grown podcast and I was like oh and they actually revisited so I'll probably share that um in the in our description if people want to go listen to it they kind of redid it but in like a self-care from a self-care lens with what another one of my favorite podcasts they like collabed um and they and they did a really nice episode which was really fitting so thank you all for listening um since the last time you know I had family in town which was you know a little dicey a little a little it was really fun um it was just kind of uh it was one of those where like I loved having my family but then you think about like everything that's going on and you're like (laughs) anxiety (laughs) (laughs) but um it was cool they came they came and then I had um I had finals for like two weeks because of the way I think that um school was structured this term it was chaos that's how I described it to my cousin because she and I had we I think we like literally checked in yesterday I hadn't talked to her in a little while and I was like hey girl how was your term and she was like uh whack and I kind of I'm pretty sure we all had a similar experience where it was just like a lot um and I I like barely finished but I passed like barely like I literally but you did it you did it drag myself across that finish line (laughs) you know but you did it during COVID times and we know that it definitely was not easy for anyone out there who's doing school no I hats off to you because it is hard trying to keep it all together as Mm -hmm. we're going through a pandemic and it's also you're holding those emotions for you so for all of you that graduated congrats your term I wish I had the a class of 2020. Oh, it's in my car. The one from the graduation. Oh, the matraca. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, class of 2020, you, y'all got y'all got a a doozy of a year, and you did it. So hats off to you if you graduated. Like, 
what a way, what a way to enter the, you know, I guess, quote unquote workforce, <laughs> like the professional workforce It's wild, but that happened. And then finishing out work, it was a lot. There was like no day that I think I've had free since that happened. Cause then I started working the summer school portion of your, of our job, but I've been trying here and there to like, make sure that I'm like good. So the things that have keeping that have been keeping me sane are like learning to cook, um, staying off, trying anyway to stay off my phone. I started like two books, one audio, one, um, one physical book. And so, you know, we're, we're here, we're back. What about you, Yessie? Well, I think like you, um, the end of the school year was a doozy. Um, I think all of you guys know by now that um, La Chancla and I work at a school and it was definitely one hell of a year. Um, mm-hmm. I think, uh, not January, well, it felt like January all over again because it was so long. <laughs> but in like June, it was just, uh, you know, I think we were like, seeing the finish line and getting excited for the finish line but then at the same time trying to really just wrap all our feelings and emotions with like everything that was sort of happening with school um definitely the end of the school year was definitely not the same as it had been in previous years um I think that was probably the hardest part like not being able to say bye to our seniors um even though they did a couple celebrations for them and it was kind of cool, it definitely was not the same, right? Because you just wanted to run up and hug them and, and, you know, like have your little moment with them, but definitely we couldn't, Um, or at least the hugging part, you couldn't. Um, But, you know, it was good to see some of our seniors come through our drive-through graduation, but that was like a new thing for all of us. And it was really cool to, to see that. Um, But just in general, I think also like trying to keep myself above water and then also like knowing that, you know, with everything that has happened in the last couple of weeks and months, that it also brought up a lot of like feelings where you just felt like overwhelmed and like emotions felt heavy in every aspect with everything that was happening and things that you watch on TV, things that you watch on your Instagram, on Facebook. And it's just been quite an interesting last couple of like weeks and months. And then, you know, like I know that we have, you know, Chuckle and I like like pretty much chat like it feels like every day right yeah <laughs> can't leave her alone like ah did you see that can you believe this so it's just it feels nice to kind of bounce that off uh with someone that kind of is going through the same things and and really understanding of you so like I really appreciate you for that because I know it's definitely been like a, a like a part of like hard couple of weeks so you know like again like you too like trying to cook um mm-hmm. a little more and I was staying with my parents so I'm now back in my apartment so I'm going back and forth <laughs> mm-hmm. um so definitely was doing a lot more cooking when I was at home with my parents I like pull up recipes from online and was doing a lot of cool like food and my mom was like I feel like I'm eating at a restaurant every day <laughs> so that was kind of cool um what's your favorite thing you've cooked for them so far so I made like dinner for my mom uh, for her birthday um, and she wanted us to like take her out, but obviously we couldn't. Um, so I got this recipe uh, from like what's the Food Network and it was um, some sort of like, it, it almost was like Parmesan chicken, but it was like lemon zest chicken and it had like some sort of cream um, and then just making everything from scratch was really, really cool. It took forever to make it, um, but I made that in like mashed potatoes and like a summer salad. 
Yeah. And she was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I just went to Mother's. So have you never been to Mother's Bistro? It's really, really good. It's a restaurant here in Portland. It's really, really awesome. But I was like, oh, I'll take the compliment. (laughs) But thanks. Um, So that's been my favorite thing to cook because it took a lot of time. And I know that my mom really enjoyed it. Yeah. How do you feel being back in the city? It feels good. It's definitely weird. Um, You know, where my parents are at right now, um, it seems like life is just like the way it was just because there's a lot of movement going on over there. Um, And then coming back to Portland, I think we went, we came back um, for, to grab some like breakfast because we were going to go to Peninsula Park and then just chill out and have a, an outdoors morning picnic. Uh, But I mean, it was kind of sad to see like how the city is like really shut down. Um, mm-hmm. And I know obviously for safety precautions, but you know, like Alberta street, which is usually like really populated or like any day of the week, it's like super full, like people like having brunch or uh, having coffee or taking their dogs on a walk. It was pretty deserted. <laughs> and that mm-hmm. was like, was kind of like crazy um, to just experience that. Cause again, I hadn't been back to the city um, I mean, normally I would just come back to my apartment, get a new set of clothes or, you know, like drop off stuff and then like go back to my parents. But now mm-hmm. that I'm back, I think the city is slowly picking up again and opening up. So it's been kind of like, wow. You know, um, I'm trying to think back as far as like, because you're you're kind of over, we went to go get coffee not that long ago too, right? When I was touring a spat out there um I we we Chinatown right that was that was wow like I hadn't been downtown I don't even know in how long and it just it's it's the things that are always like in our faces that the quote-unquote problems the city faces I think that even for us like at work we've seen that like it really put all every single inequity that we've been like screaming about in everyone's face and I and I'm thinking back as far as to like Ahmaud Arbery you know we had the stuff with Breonna Taylor George Floyd like everything's kind of been just you know I I I feel like I don't even know how to like word it because I feel like we're not nothing nothing is normal it was never normal to begin with it's not gonna be normal now um so it's just kind of adjusting and like being conscious of like what we're doing. Cause I know, especially, you know, during that, um, when all the protests started, uh, we were in, in communication a lot. <laughs> Honestly, guys, we're always talking <laughs> all the time <laughs> and just like feeling, I don't know how it was for you, but you know, in, in times before, like I want to take like me 10 years ago, like I was totally down for all the like you know, all the protests, the marchas, the ice ones, the ones, you know, for the DREAM Act, you know, against uh, family deportations. Uh, But those weren't during a pandemic, you know? So if it was just me by myself, like I would totally be out there. Um, But I think about like going downtown to a protest and coming home to where I live with my mom and dad. And then just like, that that anxiety of like damn I really want to be part of it but I just I couldn't like I couldn't really go and feel comfortable coming back so I know you know we've been definitely being involved in in different ways and 
I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just still, you know, thinking about all the stuff that I'm trying to do even now um, to make sure that I have important conversations, that I'm, you know, doing what I can uh, as far as like donating and like reading and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I definitely hear you because I, I think we, we have that conversation often. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because I was also staying with my parents and I, you know, part of me, like, I mean, yeah, I had the choice to come back to my apartment, <laughs> you know, thankfully. <laughs> um, but I also, you know, as we were going through the pandemic, I think I, you know, I had like conversations with my parents where I feel like I got a lot more close to my parents in some sense too. And so I think I always thought about like, I really want to go, but I also don't want to put myself at risk and then put them at risk and that fear. Um, and obviously we know that, you know, how COVID spreads. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was just being cautious. And then there was also fears, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. you're seeing all these things are happening on TV. Uh, and, you know, like, I think like people that were out there protesting, like, it's awesome that they did it. And because a lot of things are happening because of those protests, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and and then I think that I always felt like that guilt, like, why am I not out there? Why am I not doing more? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, I don't know if you had posted or someone, I know there was a couple of people that had posted something, but that somebody said that there is like different ways that other people mm-hmm. are participating uh, to make a difference, right? Like educating yeah. yourself, having those tough conversations, donating money to the organizations that are doing the, the frontline work. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, I could definitely do that on my part. Yeah. Like I could definitely, um, you know, on my Instagram, um, get platform to other people that maybe don't have that, that mm-hmm. voice or, you know, like just kind of like, um, promote those things that we could um, participate on. Um, mm. and I felt like that was helpful. Maybe not what I wanted to do as much as I wanted to do, but also knowing that, you know, it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that I think because a lot of us like always have that, like, I could have done it more. I could have done yeah. this. I could have done that. Like, you know, like I always tell students that whenever I work with them, like we can't be stuck in the could have, should have, would have, because then that just kind of drives us into like a negative, like sort of like train of thought. So like, you know, we can do what we can do, right? Like, I mean, and you and I talked a lot about how in, I was in the, in the Latinx culture or the Latino right. culture, there is also like a lot of racism that exists oh, in yeah. communities, right? So even challenging those conversations with our family members, and I don't know if you did it, I feel like you, you mm-hmm. did have those tough conversations too, but I, I feel like my sister and I were like every morning, like whenever we would have breakfast with my parents, they're probably tired of us by now. <laughs> we'll be like, did you see like that this happened? Or did you see like any time yeah. that like there was something that that would happen within the protests and you know my parents would watch the news and you know that's another conversation too yeah, another feel like the, the news um the the spanish news at least were like really biased and they were just like um you know um sharing the negative things about the protests but they were never really talking about the positive things that were actually coming out of those protests mm-hmm. um, and you know, I would tell my mom, like, you need to stop watching Univision. You need to stop watching right. Telemundo. Right. Right? And they would get so pissed at me. They're like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just trying to inform myself. I'm like, yeah, but they're also like, 
not telling you like what you really need to know and then we won't have the conversations about like porque las, las vidas negras también son importantes right mm-hmm. and then like even with the vocabulary um i was like following latinx therapy and like other mm-hmm. like uh, therapists like they were also doing the the work in spanish to like really educate uh the community about what it really right. means right because I, i think like even this past weekend like i we still had those conversations with my parents about they really want to understand what is all like black lives matter right because mm-hmm. they're like well what, what what's the difference between the the group that all lives matter versus black lives matter so it was just the conversation about it and then like my sister took it back to like history and be like look this is what happened and this is what happened and then i think my parents were like oh like well, okay that makes sense you know like in I mean, they're starting to understand a little bit more, right? And the, right. but they're also working through all the things that they have to work through. Um, so it's just even having those conversations that can be tough. Yeah, and I, and it's nonstop here. <laughs> it's I think it it might be one of the most like exhausting parts, but it's so necessary because like you're saying, I I think you're at home. Like they're used to me being annoying about things like that. You know, my mom will always make the comment like, I no puedo decir porque Sandra luego luego dice que soy racista. Meaning, you know, for our non-Spanish speakers, she's like, well, I can't say anything because then Sandra says I'm a racist. And it's like, I'm not saying you are, but what you're saying is racist. So yeah, kind of like a little bit, you know. And uh, and it's kind of having that conversation. And I think everybody, a lot of people are feeling that, especially in our Latino community, Latinx community, because you're, you're like, well, I can't be racist. I'm, I'm Latinx, you know, I am a minority, but no, absolutely, you know, Um, there's a lot of, you know, internalized racism that even I've been looking at within my own self, because, you know, I grew up in a hella white town, you know, so, so the things that you are conditioned to say things that you are conditioned to believe like that's been hard to come from but you know necessary it's like dang you know all this time I think a lot of people kind of coming to those realizations is where you see all those like internet fights and like because you know unfortunately a lot of people in our Latinx community don't want to you know I it's it's hard to say you know what yeah I participated because it is hard, but it's like, it's something that we have all, you know, at one point um, been a part of, whether it was, you know, covert or overt, um, which is like, I know covert racism is something that's like underneath and over is when you're straight up just, you know, um, colorism, you know, in the Latino community saying somebody is like darker and like, you know, thinking of things like that. And that, that I've explained to my mom, like how to me, that's been harmful because I had like a group of my cousins, you know, where they would call me and one of the other guys, the light skins, the team light skins, you know, and it's like, well, well, why, you know, like, why does that have to be, you know, called out and, and explaining that to my parents. And I think that because of, you know, also the information that they're getting, remember I told you I ran across like memes. I don't even have the meme pages, but it was like, uh, Division as Univision and then like Telementiras for Telemundo, which is like very much so like watching the news with them um, had been kind of something I was intentionally doing to be like, see the way that they said that because a lot of those TV stations, you know, were very quick to highlight. And I ever since I was little, like, I'm going to tell I'm going to be the first to say that I've been like a Jorge Ramos fan. Not the, not the first. We, If you grew up watching Univision, you look at Jorge Ramos that is everybody's you know man crush Monday forever or everybody's first man crush Monday but 
you know, I don't know if it, it was just me or, you know, growing up, you hear that like musiquita, the little music from the show and you feel anxiety because, you know, they're about to drop, you know, like some really crazy news headline and you're going to feel scared, you know, like this happened here. And it's very like suspenseful, very much how telenovelas are, right? Like <laughs> that's how we get our news. And a lot of the news outlets, unfortunately, you know, were saying things like, y todos los agitantes, you know, like, uh, están vandalizando. So they're talking about people being agitators and vandalism, which totally, you know, we know that there were people out there that weren't trying to be peacefully part of the protest. But then that's another conversation that it's like, if people are rioting and looting and it's someone from the Black community, you, we need to collectively, like, take and understand just how long you know, they've been they've been going through watching headlines like we've seen in the last few months without other people reacting alongside them, you know. And now that the world is paused because of the pandemic, you know, we we all have the time. We can't say, you know, we have, you know, this or that, which totally, you know, it, take a break because it's a lot. But it it also would be. You know, I, I feel like that's the one thing everyone can do is just learn one thing a day, you know, and like being used to confronting. And I, I've said this so much all year long, like even before this started, like uncomfortable is what we're going to be for a little while. And I think that we need to get used to, you know, um, being like, yeah, that doesn't feel that good to read that headline. It doesn't feel that good to recognize, you know, how I've been participating in, you know, uh, or, or at benefiting. Cause it's something that I even bring up at work when they, when they kind of try to turn on us to be like, well, what do you think, you know, as the, they don't, they might as well say like as a minority voice, but they don't. And, and you're just like, honestly, I've, I've had a lot of privilege in my life. I can't tell you that I'm going to speak on behalf of someone whose struggle I haven't been through, you know, and just acknowledging that. And, and even now, you know, it, it, it's uncomfy to be at work because you, you've seen, I, I just, you know, I just found out that a bunch of people that I know are, you know, really overtly racist and we're just hiding it. So that it's, it's been a lot, girl. <laughs> it totally feels like it's been a lot. Um, but again, I think it's good that we're having the conversations. And um, yeah, you're right. I think a lot of those conversations are going to be so uncomfortable to have. And, you know, I always check myself too, you know, because sometimes I do make comments and I'm like, oh, shit, that sounded like, oops, sorry. <laughs> That's all like really racist. I probably shouldn't have said that because that didn't feel good. Um, or like, oh, like maybe it came across that way and I just didn't mean it to come across like that. Um, so also checking myself and, and the privilege that in some ways I do have. Um, so it's always like just wanting to learn and wanting to grow. And again, I was talking to you last week about um, the there was a podcast that um, Brene Brown did with um, Ibram. I'm going to probably say it wrong. Sorry. I, is it Ibram X. Kennedy? Uh, and he uh, he uh, wrote the book, How to Be Anti-Racist, which is a great book. I re definitely recommend it. It's a great read. Um, and it speaks a lot of truths and a lot of things that uh, when you read them and you're just, it puts a lot of things into perspective because I think it makes you really kind of like um, do your own work and to 
what role you play um, in society, right? And what you can do to be anti-racist. Um, and then he goes in and explains the difference between being racist and anti-racist. But he talks, like, really goes deeply into, like, a lot of people, they're like, well, I'm not racist, right? Because I don't, I don't identify, that's not my identity. Like, I'm not part of the KKK. I'm not part of, like, a hate group. But he talks about how, like, that doesn't necessarily mean that, right? That not just because you're not part of that group doesn't mean that you could be racist, right? It's just, like, when you're not acknowledging that there is inequalities or uh, or you, you say things like, I, I don't see color, right? Um, because then you're not really giving people like their value, right? Um, that's like one of the most damaging comments that you could probably say, you know, like, and I have a lot of friends, unfortunately, that tell me that sometimes, like, I don't see color and it just doesn't feel like validating to me. But then he talks about like how to be anti-racist, right? Like that you have to be willing to put yourself in a spot where you're going to feel vulnerable, that sometimes people are going to push back and they might question some things, but that, that doesn't mean that they're against you, that they just really want you to learn and grow, right, as a person. And then just, um, he just kind of like goes into saying that, you know, it does take a lot of work and um, that you have to admit that you'll work really hard on doing that, that piece. Because I know that right now, as, and especially in the last couple of weeks, um, as everything has been happening with everything in the nation, not only like with George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, but I mean, like with Vanessa Guillen. Um, and then like, there's a, I cannot remember the names. I'm sorry right now. Like for the two uh, Latino men that got killed in California or was it California or Texas? Can't remember. Um, one of them was at a protest. In, in, oh yeah. Uh-uh. In, it's the one of them, Sean. Yes. Monte Monterroso, I think, and yeah, like and, Vallejo. Yeah. And Andres Guardado. Yeah. The the security guard. I mean, and it just talks about a lot of the things that are really kind of happening right now. Um, so I, again, if you have time, um, he does also have a TED talk um, that he like really kind of like goes through like the the whole like being racist and anti-racist and how to kind of do that work. But I, I, I love the way that he talks about it, right? Because he talks about it sin pelos en la lengua, you know? He just like really goes in and he's not apologetic because he doesn't need to be apologetic about it, right? It's more like, this is how it is and you're either with it or you're not. But, you know, like definitely encouraging people to be with it <laughs> and learning more about it, too. I had been listening to audiobooks <laughs> um, and I was listening to his on how to be anti-racist and also listen to uh, Mercy, um, just Mercy um, and watch the movie, which if you guys haven't watched that movie, that movie is super powerful. Um, but the book like really goes more into extent and talking about all the inequities and injustices within the judicial system, um, like how a lot of our um, Latino and black males are really crim- criminalized um, and a lot of um of them are just like in jail over like sentences that you like they really listen to the book or read the book and you're like this is freaking ridiculous why is somebody serving like a life sentence over something that was just like so small right and then it just really talks about like a lot of work that like you know as a nation we still need to do and um you know that's why it's so important that we need to vote right so i mean there's just a lot of things that he talks about also in that book that just are like well, 
I feel like I feel like that's how I was keeping myself busy, like because I want to learn more, right? I want to be able to um, to learn so then I can educate myself. And then when I'm having conversations with people, that sometimes I do know what to say. Because sometimes like I would hear people talking about it, and I was just like, I want to say something, but I feel like so angry, and I feel you know like my emotions would take over, and I was like, but you know like I also need I want to say this clearly, but I don't know how. So those are some of the things I've been working on. I feel you on that one. I, I often say, I'm like, I can't stand that. Like sometimes my mouth is faster than my brain, you know, like it'll, it'll spit out something that I'm like, damn, I really didn't want to say it like that. And, um, and, and, and I've, I've felt that a lot, like right now. Um, I think on one of the other things that like, that sometimes I get like that reaction and is when like, it's so necessary, yes, to see that, you know, this violence is occurring every day, but especially because, like, I had been listening to a lot of, you know, my usual podcasts, but, you know, a lot of those are, you know, Black uh, black content creators, and just listening from their point of view, which is, like, I think that a lot of us, I'm not going to say that are new to it, but newly like posting because everybody's doing it every day and Yessi and I were talking about that trying to be like intentional um on social media on our personal pages because to be honest we I have been really bad about um posting on on ours and you know that's like a, a personal goal to try to get you know back onto back in that but um all of the like the graphic content you know that you're seeing on a day-to-day um like when we're reposting all those things, just, you know, uh, knowing that we're re-traumatizing, you know, people in the Black community that are used to, you know, they see this, this is not new. This is, and you know, many of us, to many of us, I feel like it, it seemed like it was new. And um, so I, I, I've been trying to like, I, I don't repost the hard ones. I would rather repost like information or, you know, if I see something that I'm like, oh, I don't quite know anything about that going and reading about it because it's, you know, it, it is a, it is a lot to see that. And even the stuff with like the paletero men, the, our street vendors, right? Um, a lot of the street vendors are, you know, um, Latin American or Latinx. And um, I almost feel like, I don't even know if, if this is going to come out right when I say it, but you know that episode? Did you ever watch Black Mirror? No? no? Okay. So there's like that episode. I don't even remember which one it's called, but you know, there's the woman and she's going through all these things and like witnessing these horrible things and having to do these horrible things that her like, they're basically like setting her up to do it. And sometimes when I see stuff like that, I almost feel like we're living in an episode of that where so many people are seeing it. And and it feels like the most attacks I've ever seen on street vendors. It's like super alarming. And and even like that, going back to Yessi's point of like, you know, um, anti-negritude, like anti-Blackness in the Latinx community, I, it's been like horrifying to see those comments, right? Which even under Univision and Telemundo's posts, if they posted on like the Black Lives Matter movement regarding, you know, violence in the Black communities, police brutality, it, it's always like pitting us against each other. And I think it's been one of the most frustrating things to see because it's like this, you know, this isn't, this is, it's never the time. But if if there was ever a time to, you know, stand up for each other, like this is this is this is it. 
And so it's been really rough to see that, you know, and it's like, pick and choose your battles. Do you want to cuss someone out on the internet because they say something anti-Black, you know, or like, or like straight up, honestly, straight up ignorant sometimes. I was talking to one of my friends and, you know, about like my initial reactions to seeing, you know, someone in the Latinx community um, say something about like, well, where are they, you know, when we're protesting the kids in the cages or, you know, like DACA and I like turn, I want to turn and be like, have you ever been to a demonstration before? No, right? Because you would see that there are plenty of Black people that have supported those movements in the past. And I know that right now, people that are making those comments are taking advantage of the time to to say something like that, you know, just because that's what they feel on the inside. So it's like, if you feel that, please, 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 you know, like, go on and read, you know, or go on and investigate, like, what you can do to help both movements. Because I, I, you know, they're like, well, what did you guys say about the kids in cages? I don't know if people realize that 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 all started happening a year ago. You know, like, them literally actively putting the kids in the cages, and they've been separating families for years. And I think this is the first time I've heard a lot of people make that argument, which, you know, if, if, we're new to the party okay just you know definitely don't come at it from a point of attack because it doesn't you know it's not gonna help um and and unless someone's like actively being racist like save the internet fights read about it if it makes you feel a way I know that that's what I've been doing is if I see like now because initially and I told Jesse I had like an incident where you know but this was somebody like super close to me that you know said something that was like whoa and they had already kind of been doing it um but you know that's like a separate story (laughs) the only thing is like when I feel that feeling since then what I do is I'm gonna go and I'm gonna read about something I'd be like let me look for more information like why would this person be saying this but uh we'll give you some accounts too that we've been following that have a lot of work um during that because it's definitely been you know eye-opening to just you know and even before then like looking or like experiencing that whole like anti-blackness in the Latinx community because it's just it's not you know it's a you gotta you gotta stop with that you know because we're not gonna get anything done by tearing down another community like at all absolutely completely agree (laughs) Thank you for saying all that. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You go, girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's totally completely. No. This is just Jessica and I talking too. Like we've had conversations about it um, off and on. There's really hasn't been a structure, but I think these are things that we've been wanting to kind of like talk about um, with other people rather than just, you know, <laughs> she and I. <laughs> but, we wanted you know, to include you guys too. <laughs> yeah, we wanted y'all to come join in on conversation. And I know that it's something heavy. Um, and we've all, you know, none of us live under a rock. We've all been seeing it. Uh, so I, I, and I started doing that too. I'm like my daily mantra, I tell Yessie, I'm like, because pandemic plus, you know, like a whole, everything, you know, all the racial injustices, all of the stuff there, honestly, the way they're handling like this COVID situation, yikes, you know, like it puts everyone kind of on that high end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been trying to, um, because we have nothing but time now. <laughs> right. You know, I, I think too, um, you know, I think about like how often I spend um, online or on my mm-hmm. um, Instagram or my Facebook. And I think, you know, what you mentioned earlier, just, 
I feel like at the beginning I was watching a lot of those videos and because they kept replaying and replaying mm-hmm. and replaying. And I noticed that I was feeling so overwhelmed. Like, I mean, it was like such a heavy feeling and I couldn't like really put that into words what I was really feeling. It, it just felt like heavy. And anytime like I would see my friends talk about it or that it would come up in conversations at the very beginning, I didn't know what to say just because I think I was just so overwhelmed. And I remember we had a staff meeting uh, with a couple of people at not like, like a small staff meeting with a couple of people at work. And then, um, you know, they asked how we were doing and uh, one of our coworkers share how she was feeling and in, in regards like everything that was happening. And then like, I don't, I don't even, it took me by surprise. I was like starting to share how I was feeling and I was like in tears and I was like, what the heck? You know, because I hate ugly crying. <laughs> But I was just like in tears. I was just like so overwhelmed. Um, and I mean, it was a safe space for me to share how I was feeling it. But then part of it, you know, unfortunately, because a lot of the work that I do is like with a lot of like people that may not look like me or may not know my experiences. It just felt like, yeah, I was safe, but it's hard for, for me to, for them to understand how I was feeling. Um, and they were trying to offer space. And I was just like, crying and crying and crying. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? Um, but also like, I think acknowledging that, that you may be feeling like overwhelmed and like learning how to take care of yourself, right? Like knowing that it's okay to step away from social media for a little while, take a little break here and there um, and creating a space for you to feel safe, like build your community. If you have friends or family that you feel comfortable talking to about those things, because I think a lot of the times we tend to keep everything inside due to the fear of like, well, what about if I say this and I make someone feel like upset or angry or whatever it may be. And we censor ourselves a little bit from wanting to share that piece of us that may be like bothering us or they may be coming up. So like, I would say like, for me, like it's you and, you know, Priscilla normally that I talk to when I'm like feeling like overwhelmed or like things are coming up. Cause I know that you guys are a safe, like people that I could just go to. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's what I would really encourage people to do. Find yourself like either like friends or community members or pages maybe that you do follow that maybe kind of have like some sort of like similar thinking that you do and that you can definitely seek and find comfort with. Right. Um, if you go to therapy, like definitely check in with your therapist and then kind of like ask for that support or, you know, like even ask for space. Like, hey, I'm like feeling overwhelmed. I just want to like sit here and cry. You know, like I could tell you as therapist, that's like the most healing thing that you can do. And, you know, like we like offered that space so you can do that safely. Um, and if you're not in therapy and that's something that you are not looking forward to doing, that's okay too, right? Like I said, just finding your people that you feel like you are comfortable talking to and um, and that you feel like there could be safe people to, to talk to um, or you can journal or definitely I would encourage you to go out, get outside, like go take some fresh air, either go on a walk, maybe do yoga outside, maybe, you know, like, 
if you have a dog, walk your dog, (laughs) you know, like little things that kind of like help bring some sort of joy for you. Little things that you look forward to. Maybe you're just like, Hey, I'm just going to drive down to my like local coffee shop or walk to my local coffee shop and then just get like some coffee as I'm walking, getting some air. Um, So definitely I would encourage a lot of self-care and knowing when it's okay to pull away from social media and take a little bit of a break. Um, Cause again, you know, like La Revolución sigue, whether you're in Instagram or not, whether you're in Facebook or not, you know, you could still do your little piece, tu granito de arena, you could still do it from anywhere. Um, so definitely make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Porque la lucha va a estar dura. <laughs> I definitely know that, you know, it's going to be a long road ahead, especially because I, I, the people want change, you know, if we've seen if anything, more of anything, it's been that, you know, like we're not in a, take it anymore and we're going to stand with one another you know and it's 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 going to be it, it's a it's a long road ahead um but I've definitely been thinking about that and like how you're saying like ways to take care of that and like making sure that you you know you do find your people um so big thank you to like Jessica and Priscilla too because that's been part of like staying sane both in you know the space that we work in and you know, having to in our heads be like, you know, uh, per my last email, <laughs> professionally, you know, because uh, in that space, it's it's been it's been interesting to to I think we in both uh, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a revolution, and you know, I was, um, it, it just just all the conversations, you know, with my people have been good, and um, yes, he actually, she, she, I've been journaling a lot because she got me this cool, and I'll probably. I'll probably post it on our page, but it's like this choose your own journal. And, you know, it, I, I like journaling. I always have. I have a bunch of different ones, but I like this one because it gives you prompts so you can pick like your journey. And I started like in the middle of it with the overcomers journey and it has like achievement journey, self-discovery journey. It gives you a lot of cool little prompts. And uh, I actually had a friend, uh, when I posted on my personal Instagram reply and then the next day with a picture of look what I ordered because I saw that you posted it. <laughs> so thank you. Shout out to Yessi for that one. Um, so doing things like that, I'm learning to cook. I never thought I was going to be that girl, but I, I have, and, and it's been cool. So um, do you, do you have anything that's been like your favorite thing aside from cooking? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, I most recently start because, you know, I, I love plants, but I'm not, I don't have a green thumb. And I think I've told you and maybe our, our listeners at some point, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of my plants have died. And that's because that's my fault, though, because I, you know, I got to take care of my plants like they're my babies. Um, so I just uh, been trying to get into <laughs> like taking care of my plants. So I have like uh, succulents, which I know everybody tells me that they're so hard to kill, but I'm like, well, how in the hell have most of them died? (laughs) (laughs) I've been learning to take care of my plants, right? Because happy plan, happy life. I don't know. (laughs) I just made that up. Um, But yeah, so I'm just, um, well, I don't have a garden, right? Because I'm in an apartment. So I just have my little plants and I'm going to go shopping to get a little bit more for my apartment just to have a little bit more life around here. But I've like, I don't know if it was you or Priscilla, but uh, they told me to talk to my plants 
whoever it was. Oh, yeah, because I had seen on Instagram that they were like, name one of your plants after you. So because when you talk to it nice, it's like talking to you nice. And and, and I remember telling you that when we went. Okay. Um, no, I haven't named any of them because I don't know which one has my personality yet. <laughs> <laughs> so they are nameless right now. But I've been talking to my plants every morning. I'll go up to them and be like, ¿Cómo están? You're so pretty today. So, um, and right now they're still thriving. I mean, it's been not that long that I've been with them. So they're still doing okay. So I'll keep you guys posted. Um, so I've been doing that a little bit more. And that has brought a lot of joy because, again, it's taking care of something and kind of seeing how it's not like dying <laughs> and still doing okay. It's gratifying. So, yeah. I feel like a, a lot of us are getting into those. I, I bought some succulents. Um, a girl I went to high school with, actually, she um, was having like a fundraiser where she was making like arrangements of succulents and like putting them in fun little pots. And then she was donating uh the proceeds to, I think it was a local fund, if I am not mistaken. Um, but I, I got some of those uh, for, for, from her. And then my mom and, and my dad, they both are like green thumbs. So our yard is like a jungle, but a beautiful jungle. <laughs> and actually on the, um, on the day we no longer celebrate as Independence Day, I'm just kidding, but Don, we were planting and my, my aunt who passed away earlier this year, it, it's, it's kind of funny and kind of cute the way my dad like brought that up, but um, she was just like super important to our family in many ways. And um, when actually my quinceañera, like my 15, exactly 15 years from my quinceañera will be tomorrow. Oh my God. Yeah, that's so funny. But my mom and dad wanted to have something to like honor her at our house. And because they both love plants and, you know, she, she did too, you know, her house where, where I spent many, many summers and lots of time. Um, also, we used to joke that it looked like a jungle because you saw all the plants before you saw the house, like at all. And um, they, they put together in like a half barrel, a bunch of little plants on the spot in the backyard where she cooked the barbacoa for my quinceañera because it like stained forever and you know I remember my dad being like well damn like it's just always gonna look like that you know and then he actually suggested to put a giant plant like on that spot just to kind of you know it, it was a funny way to like think about it but also you know just to have something nice to to think of her and 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 so we did a lot of that um my cousin, she had been on me about watching How to Get Away with Murder and Girl. I'm stuck. Like, I, I, that show is changing my life. <laughs> I can't believe I hadn't watched it before because I was such a scandal fan. And it's like, there's not, there's similarities, but it's kind of like that <gasps> at every like corner show. So it's been great. I got back into listening to music on my podcast. I, I finally feel like I have a little bit of a break now that school is over. I work a little bit for like the summer school portion of work, but it's been nice to just, you know, chill. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has been nice um, just to have a lot of downtime. But now I need to use my downtime efficiently so I can actually study for my test that I have been delaying like for freaking forever. <laughs> so I need to actually you know, do some studying, but I have also watching, been watching a lot of shows. One of the ones that I've recently watched, uh, it's on Netflix and it's called Say I Do. 
It's like by the creators of Queer Eye. Um, and that show, it's beautiful. It's like, I, I think every episode I was in tears. I was like a mess. Because um, it just kind of tells the stories. I think of like eight couples. I think it's eight episodes. Um, and each of those couples are like freaking remarkable. Uh, but they pretty much like do everything from like their wedding dress to like their catering and like decorating of a space and um and food for the wedding and they have like a week to plan the wedding and a lot of the times it's a surprise wedding so like like somebody's partner is like oh like there was one I think it was the last one yeah the last one I was like a mess um it was like this uh it was like a gay couple and um the one of the guys did not feel confident enough to like just be himself because he grew up in a town uh, with a family that didn't see being gay as something that was appropriate. So like a lot of his family members would tell them, I love you guys as a gay couple because you guys don't show affection in front of others, which it was like heartbreaking, right? Because like you're, you're free to express yourself and like be who you want to be. Um, and so anyway, I don't want to spoil it, but at the end of the show, I mean, I mean, just everything that they did for the couple and how far the couple came like within a week of just like really having the confidence of being themselves and um, the family being there at the wedding. Oh, man, it was like, oh, I was like in tears the whole time. Um, it's a really cool show. So I've been like watch. Well, I already finished that, but I've been watching like shows like that where I just get a good cry out. <laughs> Send that one over. I, I really want to watch it. You should watch it. I think you and your mom would love it. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, I actually, so see, we did we did a lot of that when my mom, when we were talking about, like, she goes, well, um, I don't get it. Like, the police only arrest people if they're doing something wrong. And then I was like, mom. And so we sat mm -hmm. down and we watched, like, the 13th. And she she's usually, she likes to practice, like, learning English. So we'll put the... The Spanish subtitles because she re she understands a lot of it, but she's like, I want to know like what word they what what the word that they're saying means. So we watched that, but um, uh, insecure. I'm like a big insecure fan, and that finished like during this break that we took. It was just crushed, and I knew it. If you don't watch Insecure, I'm not gonna spoil it. But that ending, I called it. I remember. Um, I was talking with a friend who also watches Insecure and I don't think he had heard the theory because when I, I was like, you know what I've been seeing on pages is that the X, Y, Z is going to happen. And then he's like, huh. and he didn't, he's like, I never thought about that. And then boom, it happened. It happened. And I was like, uh, I knew it. But since that was over, I started watching something else on HBO. Um, let me see what her name is but it's um I may destroy you and honestly like I'm gonna be honest there's a like a there are a lot of like sexual assault triggers and like substance abuse uh but it's one of those where it's like you're gonna you're gonna watch it and maybe maybe you do or maybe you don't get triggered but it's like super necessary so I've been watching that one um I'm trying to I want to see the actress's name uh so I'll give you guys that one in a little bit, but it's been fun. But I've been watching shows like before that I was just like so drained from like just work in life. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's how you were feeling before, too. 
Yeah, I mean, it's nice to kind of have like a little bit of downtime before we go back into the unknown once again, or at least that's what it feels like for the next school year. Um, so I think it, it's good to disconnect for a little bit because, again, I think because of everything that was happening with the pandemic in March, um, April and May and June, which feels yeah. like it was forever ago, uh, I think it just felt like overwhelming. And like I think I told you, I felt like I was working more hours than I normally would work in a school day because I was like constantly in touch with students and talking to them and supporting them through whatever they were going through. Um, so it was exhausting. <laughs> and, you know, then also trying to hold myself together, my emotions, my feelings as we're going through all of this. And now that I'm finally like, I feel like I'm able to breathe a little bit better where I'm like, ah, like, okay, the school year is over. And I think like come um, August or end of August, um, that's when <laughs> I'm going to start panicking a little bit more again. <laughs> um, I remember when we got furloughed too that one Friday. And then we were like, the instructions were literally felt like, go to jail, go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. <laughs> if you open your email on Friday, you ain't getting paid. Like it was wild. It felt like that. <laughs> It felt crazy. So I would always be like, what day is it? <laughs> Before I like logged in to, to I can't check. I was like, wait, wait, I wait. know. Yeah. I know. Uh, and I felt paranoid about that. I know. I did way. think about you a lot because I was like, they literally email her at like 11 p.m. on whatever day they feel like it. <laughs> oh my God. I would get emails sometimes at midnight. I mean, I wouldn't check him until the next day, but I was like, why is this kid doing up like at midnight or like a 1 a.m.? And it was usually like them going through like the whole panic thing or like worst case scenario sort of thing. You know, when you're a teenager, a lot of things happen in your life, you know, and then I think, you know, when you have that person that you're constantly checking in with and knowing that you're going to see them the next day, it's so much different doing a, a face-to-face versus like a Zoom conversation with someone or a phone conversation. And I think kids were just like, I got to talk to her. I got to talk to her. I'm like, first of all, I'm not like awake at like midnight <laughs> or 1 a.m. I'm not checking my email. I'm like dead asleep. <laughs> so I think that was like a, um, an interesting component too, was reali- like not realizing how much I was going to miss it was I mean I don't get as many emails as you do from kids just it's not the nature of my job but it was so cool to like log in every now and then and be like hey Soto or like you know like I would get those emails from random kids that just wanted to be like I just wanted to say hi I just wanted to say this and it was like I miss you I want to be at school it's like why didn't you come to school half a year (laughs) remember when we would be like go to class (laughs) (laughs) no I know that's funny I, which is another thing right that we've talked about a lot was like are we are we not going back in the fall what it's gonna feel like what it's gonna look like mm-hmm. I, it, it's looking it's looking a little definitely different uh <laughs> I don't know it, it gives me the jitters a little bit same I feel like I was telling you <laughs> I need to be in a bubble <laughs> We already need to put Jessica in bubble wrap anyway. <laughs> because she's so accident prone. <laughs> I know, right? But I'll just be need to be in a giant bubble so then kids can come to me and then they can come and chat safely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, you think so much about like how 
how your role changes and like neither of our jobs are as effective as you when you're in the building anybody anybody's job you know like it a lot of like the families we would do so much hands-on stuff with as far as like getting them connected to the systems and like you can't really do that and during like when we first started it would be like on the phone for like an hour sometimes with just one family trying to like walk them through logging into something or like does it look like this and then having to describe because it's like you can't share your screen you can't always share your screen and and that was it's like are we going to go back are we not going to go back do we feel comfortable going back yeah I think it's going to be definitely a lot of uncertainty uh, up until like the first week in September, maybe, depending on when we go back to school year. So if you're out there and you're a parent and you're teaching your kids, you know, like hats off to you because I know that's really, really hard as well. And, you know, we we hear a lot from our teacher friends and people that we work with how hard it has been to do online school um, but they're also doing the best that they can right now too or well then because now they're not in school but they're doing the best that they can and we know it's hard and you know again if you're a parent or if you're someone that's also helping support you don't have to be a parent maybe you're supporting some someone like make sure you take care of yourselves enjoy your summer try not to think about it because right now there's so many unknowns um and I think that creates a lot more anxiety for everyone and just kind of try to stay in the here and the now, like there's nothing that we can do about it right now because of COVID, <laughs> you know, COVID is super unpredictable. It, you know, I mean, we don't know when it's going to get better. Nobody knows that, but you know, we just need to cancel our subscription to 2020. <laughs> <laughs> take us back. I'm sorry, 2019. Take me back. <laughs> I honestly will full on admit I was one of those people that was like, you know what? I am done with two, 2019. Like, throw the whole year away. And now, and now, <laughs> I'm like, baby, come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We made it through seven months yeah. already. You know, we like, did. I mean, and hopefully, um, you know, like this barely. year will go by semi-fast, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But, you know, just let's take it one day at a time. And again, we can't predict what's going to happen. We just kind of have to go with the flow and make sure we're doing our part to keep ourselves healthy and hope that everybody's doing their part as well. But we know how Florida is doing it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yeah. Like it, that that's going to be real interesting because I, I have been reading that too. And it's been like having to just shut my little eyes and be like, you cannot control that. You cannot control that. Um, because damn, like, and you know, what's funny. My friends and I were, uh, we're kind of talking about how we really wanted to go to Miami this year. Right. And now we're like, maybe we'll stay away from Florida for a little while. Cause that, that has been crazy. And it's still like lost on me how, people are having all these parties or like going to these parties and you're like, there's a whole virus out there that literally, I think, I think the biggest thing with it that, that has been hard, not hard to watch, to watch, or I guess, yeah, to watch and understand is that the arguments that you hear people make about like, well, whatever, like I'm healthy and I'm young. This is such a new virus that even like the experts are saying like, we're going to change our minds a lot. We're going to come out with all this new information. You just need to be mindful. Like nobody knows, you know, and, and 
so far from what I have heard from people I know pretty closely that have experienced the virus, it, it, it's different for everyone and it hits everyone different. So it's like really disheartening just to hear people being like, well, whatever, like I'm healthy. You know, if I get it, I get it. I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> right. I was um, watching, um, like I follow, I think it's stay tuned on um on Snapchat, it's like a little bit of news that I watch. Um, and then they were talking about, I think in Alabama, like there was a group of like college age students that were throwing uh, COVID-19 parties. So basically what they did, um, and you know, you can fact check me later on if I'm wrong, but basically what they did is that they would charge people for to come to the party. And the money that they collected uh, at the end of the party would go to the person that got COVID-19 first. So it was like a competition. And I was like, what in the hell? I did hear that. I was like, you know, I, I think there's still definitely obviously a lot of people that don't think it's true. It's like a conspiracy theory. and Or believe it. Yeah. Yeah, and, like you said. And, you know. The whatever great mask debate. Right. Whatever you're thinking is, I mean, it's just better to be safe than sorry. I mean, if, yeah. if you don't believe it, that's okay. But, you know, we just got to do our part to take care of others too, right? Because it's not just about us. And yeah, I know it's uncomfortable wearing the mask. I'm not saying it's not, but we just got to do our part. Or granito de arena to kind of yeah. help communities and especially knowing that we we are we come from a community that's pretty vulnerable, right? A lot of the mm-hmm. Latino or Latinx community is pretty vulnerable um, to it. We know that there's inequities with healthcare. Uh, we know there's inequities just in general. Um, so if we can do a little bit to just kind of help and support that, you know, yeah. take care of each other. Right. I saw that meme. I was telling somebody uh, about that. It's like. <sighs> here's my take on it. I'm like, you know, whether it's real, whether it's fake, um, it's out there, you know, or whether it was like something that, you know, was brought by whatever, because there's so many theories out there. Um, Whatever it is, it's making people sick. It's making people sick differently. And like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear a damn mask if it means, you know, if I, if I look stupid later and it comes out that like a mask, you know, does absolutely nothing, which right now what they're saying is it really is actually just to protect people around you. It doesn't necessarily like protect you, but could you imagine if we were all wearing masks, like how much that would reduce it? So it's like, you know, if, if later they say that the mask did nothing, then whatever, you know, I was uncomfortable for a little while, but, um, there was that meme that was like, oh, you know, we we failed by telling Americans that the mask was to protect other people. Like, you got to know your audience. And, you know, I, I I laughed and then was sad because it's so true. You know, you see how many countries are already like really actually going back to normal um, because, you know, they they did what they were supposed to. They came together and no one was, you know, crying about wearing a mask. But that's just me. I don't know. I know a lot of people have, you know, their own takes on it, but we'll see. We'll see how everything pans out. And I, I, I really hope and wish the best for everybody. And if you've been, you know, really hit hard by it, I can't even imagine. And I'm like, really sorry that we have to go through this. Yeah. Hopefully sooner than later, things will get better. So 
let's just put nuestras buenas vibras out there and, <laughs> and hope that everything goes away soon um, or that everybody gets better soon because I know there's still a lot of people in the hospitals and yeah, wash your hands, use your hand sanitizer. <laughs> um, so anyway, before we end, uh, we wanted yes. to share with you guys some of the um, pages that we have been following, some of the things that um, we like. So um, do you want to go for some of them? Sure. So as I mentioned before, because I couldn't, I didn't really feel safe to go and like actively participate in a protest. Um, we kind of did one now that I, for, I remember, I forgot, but you know, in our, in our district, we did have a black student union organized one with like, you know, families and children. And we got to go out to that one. And it was really, really nice to like see students, you know, use their voice and being like, we want this for, you know, us. And, um, we went to that one, but and it was really cool to see a whole bunch of community yeah. members just come to it. And unfortunately, it rained, it poured, but yeah. I think it, what it was really uplifting was that, yeah, you know, like because it was a family march too. Um, you know, a lot of people had to leave because it was raining like really, really bad, and like a lot of people were in flip flops and shorts because it was nice when we when it began first, but then it started. Rain raining. was not in the forecast. Yeah, but even though, like, again, a lot of people left, we still had a big chunk of people that stayed behind and just, I think it was a little bit, four miles, maybe a little bit more than four miles, I don't know. It felt like it was more than four, but it's probably because we were going a little bit slower, but uh, it was so amazing. Kids in strollers, it was was cool. Yeah, and there was a lot of, like, community support from people that were driving Mm -hmm. by. There was a couple of people that were shouting things that were not nice, but like I was like we were surrounded by like a group of students when we were walking and even though like there was people that were saying like really negative things they were not responding back to that they were just kind of like we're here for this we're here to support and they were just like you know like thing and it was really 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 cool to see that so that's right yeah I know I had for a second too but (laughs) so because I couldn't participate in any of the other ones um I I did the open my purse (laughs) part of activism and I actually you know since I haven't been able to go and be young and wild and free and spend all this money um that I usually would spend on probably things that I just don't need um I took you know a little bit of what I had and I and I picked um I donated to a bail fund a couple um one in our state and then a few I think it was like the Minneapolis I don't remember but what I did the bail funds and then there's uh three organizations that I picked which was therapy for black girls which you know um that's someone that's a organization we've been following for a while but um Yessi and I were talking about they had a fund specifically for you know like people who wanted to seek services but didn't have the monetary means and so that's what the donations go toward is um being able to provide free therapy and then um the okra project i pulled it up because i wanted to make sure that i read the mission so there bio it says the okra project is a collective that seeks to address the global crisis faced by black trans people by bringing home cooked healthy and culturally specific meals and resources to black trans people whenever we can reach them which as we have seen you know the black trans population um doesn't you know they they don't get a lot of uh support and they have also been going through you know um their own struggles so i want to make sure that um 
the, the okra project I listened to on the friend zone podcast. And then what was crazy is I feel like this always happens when I listen to episodes of the friend zone, like I'll go look up what they talk about and then boom, it is everywhere. And if you listen to the friend zone, a friend calls it like the, the ecosystem or the friend zone effect where like you, they mention something and then like within minutes or like the next few days, it's like sold out. But so I actually helped, or I actually picked the okra project in the third one it's it's actually I found this one um, because a friend posted about it and it's in the Cerritos area in California and I used to um, live and work um, in the surrounding area so I I thought it was really cool to see and so I I spent some time on their website and and donated a little bit of what I could so it says the origin of these passion projects began with a vision titled the love we don't see which aims at highlighting and sharing the love that we all contribute to the world. Um, it says that under that umbrella, the M5 initiative was born and its primary focus is beating the odds and, and statistics society has against our youth in our inner city communities to succeed. The goal is to inject love and programs to promote opportunities for positive generational change growth into and growth into communities. Points of emphasis include introducing students to the tech space where they'll learn to code uh, and program entrepreneurship, financial literacy, social emotional learning, and uh, multicultural focus. So that is a really cool organization, and I believe that they are based in Cerritos, California. So if you're listening to us there, and you're from Cerritos because you know me, or you just listen to us and happen to be from there, <laughs> um, that's a really cool one to check out. Um, Instagram accounts that I'm, you know, again, like especially for our Latinx community, I think I've been finding really good information on um, Latinx therapy. They've had a ton of information that, you know, um, would help in conversations of like anti-Black uh, sentiments or anything that you hear at home. Chicanissima. Um, I don't know if you if you've had found that out uh, or had seen that. Instagram account, but I've been following her. Um, and then, oh, this one's really cool. So the Latina Rebels account, I think I like stumbled across that account when I was still living in California. So it's been like, I've been following them for many, many years. And it was so cool to see the founder, her name is Prisca Dorcas, um, post an update not too long ago. And she said, you know, that they finally became a verified account on Instagram. And she, you know, made this post about how like, wasn't necessarily like the intention, but look at how many people that they've reached and how much information they've been able to share with our community and um and just it's been it's been really nice to to when you don't want to watch the news these are the places that like I'll go and I'll look at things and just I've learned a ton from them um I can't think of any other ones right now oh yeah and honestly I re-upped on a bunch of um things I already purchased like I'm telling when I tell you I opened my purse that's really what I tried to do. And that was like, that's been my way of just helping um, in general. Um, I've been actually using products from the Honey Pot for like a year. Um, so I restocked on some stuff, but they've been sold out for a while too, because they had some wild, like, you know, um, comments come at them. And then, you know, like a community, everybody showed up and sold out the website. Um, but the Honey Pot Co. Uh, is a good one that I've been shopping on. I've been really focused on skincare this this entire quarantine. Um, 
And it was funny because if you've seen that meme, that's like, I've been trying to take care of my skin, but my skin doesn't care. That was me for sure. But I, I bought some products off of Naked Flamingo Skin. And um, let me, when it, my face is clear. Like I purged maybe for a little bit, which is new when you introduce new projects, but uh, or new products, but the Naked Flamingo Skin totally a good one I'm trying to think what else I bought some cleaning products I'll try to list all of these in the description too because I'm I've just been spending my money <laughs> that's what I've been doing <laughs> and we've been going to go get coffee at least once a week yes. you know here yes. in Portland at uh black owned brown owned like everywhere um that that's been our excuse to get up and, and go out Yes, if you have a chance um, to come to Portland in one really, really awesome coffee, um, it's called Dead Stock um, Coffee, and they're located in Chinatown. Um, and then the other one, it's on MLK, um, and it's called Elevated Coffee. Um, they were closed for renovations, but I just found out today that they're open again. <laughs> Um, and they have really, really great coffee. So if you, if you can do your part, and I think I got to look it up, but maybe we could put it on the comments or that there is like a list, um, where you can go and, and see, um, how to support, um, shops around your area and which ones are black owned. Um, so we can put that up in case you're in Portland and you want to get some great food while also, uh, supporting, um, our local, uh, people out here. And I think you already mentioned that one of the pages on Instagram, the Therapy for Black Girls. Um, I also follow Black female therapists. And um, similar to Therapy for Black Girls, they offer a lot of feedback or how to take care of yourself as a lot of people are going through like uh, a lot of the emotions are coming out from protesting or all the things that they're seeing on TV. So it's more of like a self-care. Um, and they're like, um, I think there's like different like therapists that are featured in their page. And they're basically kind of like give some advice uh, to people. And then you can also look at the directory that they have, um, you know, because it is important that you are represented when you're going to therapy and we know that representation matters. And if you can get, see someone that, that, you know, looks like you knows your culture, knows what your struggles have been, you feel like you are more comfortable to open up and talk about those things. Um, and I, they know that this is super important. So they created a directory where you can search for therapists in the area. Um, another page that I love, um, I actually found out about it because of one of my other friends who's a social worker, it's called The Conscious Kid, um, and they're always uh, posting stuff. I think um, lately what they have been doing, they have been raising a lot of money, and that money has been going out to families who are in need. Um, I, I think the focus um, this week was, uh, or was not this week, or in the past week, was on like... Um, on families who may be struggling um, financially because they can't pay their bills or they need money for rent. Um, so they have been really good about um, helping out the community in that way. Um, and I think they have been supporting BIPOCs um, and in the, in this past weeks. Um, so, oh yeah. And they're black and brown owned. Sorry. I have little notes for them. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, I mentioned that. Um, and then I had mentioned earlier uh, the audiobook that I had been listening to, How to Be Anti-Racist, and that's by Ibram 
I think I said it right, ex Kennedy. Um, and again, he has a TED talk too, and also was in a podcast with Brene Brown. And if you're a Brene Brown fan, uh, you really appreciate this podcast. Uh, and it was just like genuine conversation and he challenged some of her thinking and, and, you know, like, um, they talked a, a lot about uh, himself and also doing his work um, as he was doing anti-racist work on on himself. Um, so he does a lot of explaining about how as a person of color, you can also be anti-racist or you can also be racist, um, which was uh, really kind of cool to hear all about that. And then another one, um, Instagram page is Tamika D. Mallory, which she's an activist and um, she is really awesome. I did not know much about her. Um, and then I have been listening to some of the speeches um, that she has been giving out um, or like uh, rallies uh, mostly. And she is on fire. That girl is like, she will speak truths and and, you know, like, again, we're not here to be comfortable. We're here to sit and be uncomfortable and really take it all in. Um, but she's really awesome. So that's another uh, page that you can follow on Instagram. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's it. Because <laughs> I think you touched on a lot of the ones that, you know, like I also had on my list here. So, yeah, that's what we've been doing. Uh, we've been kind of doing our part in whatever way we can. Um, so thank you for sticking with us for the whole episode. I know that it probably felt like it was like jumping from here and there, but we just wanted to do one where we just kind of like we're catching up and kind of going <laughs> with what we were feeling. Because, um, again, it has been so much that has happened in the last couple of like weeks. And uh, just that we're so happy and glad to have you guys as an audience, too. Yeah, I'm super grateful forever and always. Um and as my brain works too, because it literally is all over the place in there, I forgot some that I had. So I'll put those again in the description. So please, please, please look at our description this time because there'll be a bunch of stuff in there. Um, and hopefully, I, I don't know if I figured it out or not because this has been a learning experience, but like I try to link things in there. So I'll put, I'll put in there all the podcasts. I'll put in there all of the people that have come from the podcast because See, now, now Jessica got my brain going and they were like energy workers and other um, people that I've been following for some time that you all might benefit from or uh, from reading their work and uh, cool people. So it's just, you know, follow cool people, be cool people. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're excited. We actually have, you know, a, a list of a few things that we want um, that we want to talk about in the next coming episodes. Uh, so stay tuned. Thank you for listening. Gracias. Have a good rest of your day. You too, girl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye.